But hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Ross Productions, as you probably know by now. Uh, well, kind of. My name is Rory Guest, obviously. But I. Well, you were Barusa Productions. Oh, no, I'm Timothy Dalton Productions. Everybody knows that. <laughs> but yeah, I am here with George. And this is, well, of course, this is uh, before I introduce the guest. Of course, I've got to introduce what the show is. Um, it's a talk with, which is basically this unedited conversation between me and well a guest and um uh i've done two more one with jetty Rhodes and one with uh abby louise and jack reeves and now i'm here with george gaidra and um he is well known for playing a multitude of fan doctors uh his infamous hair and of course his incredibly talented writing skills uh, if I could speak English, I could probably be a writer as well. But yeah, so if you want to introduce yourself, go ahead. Oh, you were frozen. Uh, by the way, uh, I was warned about this. Uh, that does happen. His Wi-Fi is pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah, you're not, you're okay. not frozen anymore. You're just going to get some amazing freeze frames of when I freeze. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, you're not frozen anymore, so if you want to introduce yourself uh, in your way of uh, I mean, you hyped me up a lot more than I would. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm George Gaidra. I do things. I appear in stuff. I like to make stuff. And yeah, I, I mean, Rory pretty much said it all. <laughs> so, um, first of all, how are you today? Are you, you doing okay? I'm I'm doing good. I am boiling. I genuinely, when we started mm. this call and I saw like how you were dressed, I thought, how are you surviving in this? Like, like admittedly, I, I mean, I, I am chubbier than you, so I feel this a lot more. But my God, I was like, boy. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, I my dress sense is something that very few understand. It's kind of a, it's a marvel amongst uh humanity i mean uh this morning uh, i went out in a trench coat and a waistcoat a tweed waistcoat um for no reason other than i thought why not and then um when i was walking down someone was like oh it's a bit cold today isn't it? it's a bit cold oh what you wearing oh it's a bit cold you know and they were driving by as well they were very annoying you know and you know in a stereotypical you know yeah. british accent like that but yeah uh i don't know what i'm wearing but i thought why not <laughs> I had something similar. I once was walking around in a uh, just, just not even filming, just because I wanted to wear it like a long black like frock coat mm. and a just just a shirt. And this guy would not stop. He's like, "Do you go to a funeral?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, no." He goes, "Why are you wearing that?" And I went, "Because I want to." He went, "Yeah, but why are you wearing that?" I was like, "I just answered you because I want to." Mm. And I've never understood like um, what's it like how people treat wearing clothes and how people treat like the other people's clothes and fashion sense it's, it's a bit it's a bit strange you know because uh, like people can wear what they want to wear i think that's you know obvious to decent in, people in, unless you're wearing something like with the klu klux clown on it or the nazi mm. symbol yeah, yeah, for yeah. the most part for the most part i don't care what people are like. don't be wrong i will react in the sense of like right now i'm like oh my god how are you lasting in this i could as much as i would love to be oh. I mean, there's a trench coat right next to me right now, just staring at me. And I'm like, I wish I could wear that, but I would boil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, anyways, shall we get on to, well, you know, Doctor Who stuff, I suppose. Although, you know, the Doctor is definitely, you know, his fashion, well, their fashion sense is kind of, well, all over the place. 
I mean, uh, what's your favorite Dancer costume? Oh, uh, it varies, but I usually go for the Eighth Doctor look, especially like TV movie and mm. Night of the Doctor. Like Night of the Doctor, I didn't think I'd like because I thought when he come when he would come back. I mean, I didn't think he was coming back. I remember just sat in college, and I thought, okay, I'll watch this because I had like a free period, and all of a sudden I was like. That you see the TARDIS fly, and I was like, which TARDIS is that? Like, I was trying to work out which one. All I hear is, I'm a doctor, but probably not the one you're expecting. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, my friends, like, some of them knew Doctor Who, some of them mm. didn't, but they knew that I really liked it, and they literally could not comprehend why I was freaking out, because I'm like, this is my favourite doctor! And with that gorgeous, gorgeous outfit. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? It's the best. I mean, um, I I'm personally I I love um, Pertwee's outfits. He's mm. I think he's the most fashionable doctor out of the lot, in my opinion at least. I think um, the sheer he's amount. He's the one that you you can tell puts the most. Uh, maybe other than Capaldi, like in terms of the character, I think per, the third Doctor you look at and think he definitely put a lot of effort into his appearance. Mm. Capaldi as well. I mean, uh, apart uh, I'm not really a fan of the Series Nine hoodie look. Uh. But I am a fan. I of like Velvet. Magician's Apprentice. Mm, I um, like the Magician's Apprentice look. Mm. But I do get I do get the criticisms. Uh, I don't think there's a Doctor look I particularly hate. There are some I like more than others. Like mm. Jodie's outfit grew on me. Yeah, uh, I said same. very quickly. I'm very glad it wasn't a skirt because do you know that first image they released of her? Because of obviously how her trousers are a bit baggy. When mm. it has like her like one leg in front of the other for a brief moment, it like a skirt, and I was like please don't put the first female doctor in a skirt. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. You know, I, I was, um, uh, for, for the, um, I, I love, uh, Peak Polly's velvet, velvet outfit. That's probably up there as well. Uh, David Tennant and his, uh, love of trench coats. I am very much am a trench coat person. I, I wear trench coats all the time. My least favorite, as that's what the discussion was about. My least favorite, Probably, I don't know. It was like, I don't really like the Series 7B Matt Smith outfit that much. I know a lot of people like that, but I'm kind of on the fence. Like, it's a bit plastic, in my opinion. It just looks... Mm. Versions of it I like more. Like, I like certain variants. I like it when it's the uh, silver waistcoat and the lighter shirt. Like, as much as, don't be wrong, I love the Nightmare in Silver look. I always have a preference. Like, I think the thing is, like, I think it's a gorgeous look. And I mean, I've worn the look. I have the coat. Uh, and But the, a lot of people don't like the Series 6 green trench coat, which is ironically the trench coat right next to me. <laughs> uh, but I like it because to me, it fits with that kind of Matt Smith, the Eleven Doctor vibe of, I want to wear this. I'm going to wear this. Yeah, like, I like it, that. And I like the green as well. I feel like it suits... Well, not only Doctor, but it's a nice, it's a nice coat. It's a nice coat. Mm, definitely, it's a, it's a solid, solid coat. Because, like, I mean, I just wear it casually sometimes because it is just a gorgeous Same. coat to wear. Like, I mean, I just, like, I think honestly, one of the best Doctor costumes is, I mean, people, I mean, people argue it's canon. In 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 everyone's heart, it's canon, but. Uh, <laughs> The Curse of Fatal Death outfit is I knew actually you were one gonna of the best that. ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, as soon as you started talking, I knew straight away that you were going to talk about that one. I um, yeah, 
it's amazing. It genuinely is one of the greatest Doctor Who outfits out there of all time for any character, really. I quite like uh, talking of like that sort of genre of Doctor Who outfits. I do quite like Shalker Doctor's outfit. It's oh, kind of, Shalker's one, yes, it's got that mystery to it. You know, I don't know if you were like me because obviously we've both done Time Fracture. I mean, it's I like. I'm sure it will come back in some way, shape, or form. So I'm not going to give spoilers. To be... <laughs> God, God bless time fracture. But the thing that uh, I remember when I was there, and you have like the one of the actresses come in in the Curse of Fatal Death mm-hmm. outfit. I was just staring at the yeah. outfit, just like I want, I want, give me this. Everyone I've talked to about it, like time fracture, just remembers that outfit. Like they desperately wants it. it's people that know what it is and know its history yeah like it's so accurate it's unreal it's it's brilliant absolutely brilliant i believe there's also a, a fugitive doctor one a third doctor one i saw when i was there i i saw the green third doctor outfit and i was just like oh my god i want this i want to i, I want to be in this role i want this job i'm going to steal your job just so i can get this outfit like it's it was so cool but uh, I talked about Time Fracture a lot with Jack and Abby. So. Mm. I, I will say this, because I wasn't there on the last day. Uh, uh, but I, I, were you there? Because I'm pretty sure, didn't you say you were there on the last day? Or I was the last? there on the penultimate performance on the last day. Yeah. Um, which, of course, wasn't as, you know, big as the very last performance. But it was all the... I saw the clown from uh, the Chief Clown. Uh, from great hey. show because they brought that out on the last day which was amazing brilliant absolutely brilliant because i heard uh that during the very last performance because obviously i mean i think it's safe to say that everyone knows there are time lord guides that lead you around and they're dressed very very doctory mm. but the, you know they're one of those they will never say it but you kind of guess that's the vibe they're going for. Mm. Uh, my one of my friends told me that on the very last day they just would full on shout, "I'm the docs," <laughs> even though they were like, they were talking for, "Okay, when you do the show, don't say that." They thought last day we're gonna. Stay. Yeah, I mean, they very much are the docs. Uh, in my opinion, when I when I was there, like it's obvious from the get go that they are. Like it feels like, it. and and uh, funnily enough, I didn't realize they were all playing the same character until the end uh, until recently uh, like uh when uh you know in the creator when the person runs out yeah yeah and that's... he says oh just a quick body regeneration because mm, that's like all of the time lord guides have been the same time lord guide throughout and i just that's just great attention to you don't in my opinion i i loved it because the thing is i get why from a perspective they don't like the bbc or whoever they don't want to outright state they're the doctor but i actually think it works mm. for time fracture if they're like there we're possible doctors or something i think it's a fun idea it, it's nice and i think for especially the younger crowd there it will be good to have that kind of familiarity because even though it's not a doctor they will recognize they will still know oh you are the doctor and that will be a big mm. thing to them i mean talking of being doctor great segue oh. uh, of course uh you have your fair share of fan doctors uh the uh, well, not really the first one, but of course the one that most people, you know, uh, talk about is the Blonde Doctor. For yes, like you know, because if it was on the DW twenty twelve. Well, you were in uh, was, was was is the key word. <laughs> that's uh, of course we don't have to talk about that too much because of course there's a lot of them. 
shall we say, complex context that yeah. <laughs> is now a place to talk about. But uh, I just uh, wanted to talk about uh, the uh, two stories that were on DW2012 and, uh, you know, just uh, your inspiration for that doctor and your other doctors, of course, because, of course, you're, uh, I mean, I will get onto Weezer Pass uh, later yes. on because that's definitely something I want to talk about. But, you know, I, I wanted to talk about, you know, just that doctor and your experience and uh, what's happening um, going on, but obviously not getting yeah. much into that. Well, I won't, I won't say too much for, for obvious reasons, but, you know, I'll say your bits and pieces. But uh, so the Blonde Doctor as a character to me was quite weird because I came in and obviously... The whole thing is, I was technically replacing two people. I was replacing uh, Ryan Hennessy and mm. Jay McGuinness, who I will be fair, I, actually, it was quite nice. At one point, Jay messaged me, like, I think it was either right when haircuts had come out or right after Eternal Darkness, and basically said, Hey, you were a great doctor. And I was like, Oh, that was really mm. nice. Because, like, I, when I, like, I don't know behind the scenes stuff, I choose to. I went in just that this is a project, but I, you know, I didn't know why he didn't come back. I don't know if there was stuff going on, but you know, that's between people involved, not me. Uh, and, but it was really nice to kind of have that because I didn't go in there and take this role out of like malice or anything. I was offered a part and I wanted to, to play it. Uh, so the thing is, I, I find it really weird watching Eternal Darkness because I'm quite, I'm really happy with the performance uh i am happy but it's quite funny because it's very much the blonde doctor has uh, developed a lot since then because it was very Mm. much just me reading the lines uh because obviously it wasn't exactly tailor-made for what the blonde doctor would become it was just yeah and i i say this not in an insulting way but it's just it was very generic doctor almost like how uh if you watch uh i remember i think they were talking about uh robot or spearhead from space but they said they wrote it purposefully very generic doctor because they didn't know what doctor they wanted at the time uh it was one of those stories and in a way that's what it felt because obviously i was not the main doctor it was it was luke yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, they were all red and i was like okay uh you know fine and it's funny because there were two drafts i was given the first draft i disappear a lot quicker into the story i don't there's not really an explanation like we split up and run and i'm not seen and i was like okay and then he sends me uh, a different draft, and it was like I was in it a lot more. And I was, it was like that was cool, and it, it was nice to do this. And going back to what you said, obviously he wasn't the first Doctor I had played slash was working on. So my mind was like, I need to differentiate him when I went on. Uh, so I tried to give him this bit more of a, I call it like a, a young. Colin Baker, young John Perchby kind of vibe of, like, he's a friendly character, but he has that bit of a grumpiness and maybe a slight ego to him. The uh, definition of bittersweet. Yeah, because, so the thing is, it was it was interesting. So, I wrote haircuts because I didn't know what was going to happen. There were talks about doing more with this Doctor, but I didn't know what was going to happen because Series 5 was happening, and I've, I've always been a big thing, and I, I've said this on when on like comments on live streams and stuff like that i'm a big thing of that should be the focus dom is the new doctor i am like i i viewed myself as i was just a guy coming in and doing a essentially a glorified cameo i didn't Mm -hmm. think my logic i wanted to come out of this with a i did a good performance and people liked it i didn't think it actually lead to what it's led to which is (laughs) 
great nice but so when i got the chance to do haircuts i thought right we have a kind of serious story with this doctor in eternal darkness i thought i want just a fun story to kind of see the lighter side of him and not like mm. oh we're all dying the valiards after us and stuff yeah. and and i thought i thought okay what's a good story and i realized the biggest thing about the doc my doctor is his hair and i thought <laughs> right let's just make a whole joke out of that and it has led to one big joke where i am technically the only person to play charlie uh, the blonde doctor's companion because i gave her like the odd voiced line and obviously because of how it was read it was just me kind of doing it in a voice like this like hey let's go for a drink or something so i am the blonde doctor i'm also charlie clearly yeah <laughs> uh, and you are but... brilliant as both characters well had <laughs> I mean, in in someone's perfect world, I definitely would be Charlie. <laughs> but I'm, but so when when that went down well and haircuts was quite popular, which was nice, I got asked if I want to do another one, and I came up with the garden. Which uh, so slight tangent, but relates. I have mental health issues. I have yeah, anxiety. Yeah. And I have depression, and sometimes it can hit. It can hit. It can hit hard. I mean, anyone who has gone through it or knows people who've gone through it, they know it's not easy. And this was at a very interesting time because the uh, my original doctor, uh, I had initially spoken to to Luke about possibly joining the series together. So almost like you know how uh, Dan and Nathan and Connor do it, where they upload their stuff on their channel, but it's part of the larger yeah. world. I approached him to do that and it's that's why in uh so the garden was written with that in mind the characterization of that doctor was the original characterization i was given the doctor that's known as the waistcoat doctor waistcoat doctor that's the one yes uh and you know and i think it's because of me uh the way my mental health was i thought there's a saying write what you know and because of what i was going through i wrote this because as someone who does struggle with self-image at me image issues quite a lot i uh thought okay and i wrote this story i was really happy with it i, I, I love the war doctor so i thought <clears throat> i'll put myself with the war doctor i got very very close and a certain spoon who will hear this will probably rue the day i never did this uh it nearly was the northern doctor and the blonde doctor but i i didn't want to do a really bad Nathan Carter impression <laughs> because like me and Nathan have not met in person. We've had the old talk over messenger and he's an absolutely lovely person. And I thought, I don't know you well enough to want attempt this. And also mm. for it to be so bad. I thought, okay, would John Hurt destroyed my voice, but you know, I thought I'd give it a go. And I was happy with how it turned out. Only later did I find out that story meant a lot to people uh, because of, they they hadn't seen a doctor tackle like a doctor actually experience mental health issues like that. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah. if you look at the grand scheme of the show, like the knife doctor has PTSD and survivor's guilt, things like that. You know, there's there's a lot to unpack in each doctor. But for it to be just this outright there. It's a very human struggle, and it's really well written, by the way, in the garden. I I I absolutely adore that story, genuinely. And I think you're right. It meant a lot to people. It was very, a very, very important story. And the thing is, for a, you know, for a fan production, for a fan audio to be able to do that, to be able to be that important to people, is incredible. It 
it's an inspiration to me as a writer and I think many others as writers as well and um, and voice actors I think it, it genuinely is a masterpiece I can't think of any better words at the moment but there are definitely some out there genuinely honestly that 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 does mean that actually really means a lot because I remember after I recorded it because I had to step back for at least a day because I got quite emotional doing it. There, there's one bit I can't remember, but there's one bit where he's the blonde doctor is absolutely just letting out how he feels towards the war doctor, and you can hear him starting to tear up. That's because I was genuinely tearing up while recording. So, Jared, that's what your heart out. I'm the true method actor here, but uh, yeah. Uh, so when that when I found out what that meant to people, it was good and it really touched me because I thought people would react badly at the fact I didn't just wrap it up at the end. I didn't have him say, oh, my depression's cured because mm. it doesn't work that way. I yeah. wish it did, but it, it doesn't. You have good days, you have bad days. You, have, you can go months and feel great and then times where you feel really low. And I wanted, I, I didn't want to insult people going through that and just say, no, he's all better now. But I didn't want it to end on such a, awful note so I, I put you know he has a renewed sense of self and he has the line he doesn't know how long it will last but he's going to try and embrace it while it does it, yeah once again it's, it's a beautiful story and I think uh, I think there are um, two stories um, uh, two fan audios that have stood out to me that one in terms of mental health and how it's covered that one. And I believe you started in this actually, if I'm not mistaken, I should have really looked this up before the call, <laughs> but um, there was that dot two remnants episode that uh, Dom wrote. Yes. Yeah. yes uh... You know what I'm talking about? Cause yeah, you did start that, did you? I'm not mistaken. Yes, no, no, that, that was, uh, that was it. And that, that script. Uh, the last problem was on earth. That that was and I this that was the only one of my favourite projects to be a part of because as uh, as I'm not I'm not going to speak for Dom in, in this regard but we're both aware of you know mental health and so when he approached me with this he, he said to me one of the big things he knew I I take it seriously I wouldn't just look at this as a over dramatic time because you, you do see and not everyone not everyone a lot of people do handle this quite well but I've seen like both professionally and from amateur actors or uh, where they really ham up the mental health when it shouldn't be. It's not like, it's not like we are doing an overdramatic musical where obviously it's going to be hammed up to 11. That's how a mm. musical works. It's, I've seen very serious like TV shows and stuff where I think that's not how mental health works. Yeah. And I know it's for everyone, but you know, when it's just someone looked at this and took the bullet points of you're sad, you're this, you're this. And, so when Dom approached me with that script, it it really it really meant a lot. I do it, it's bad. I do laugh at one fact. It's the fact that uh, the original image was I think of Dom. There mm. are two images of Dom, but you don't see his face. But uh, Dom's body, Dom's outfit, and it's two images and in slightly different outfits from the brothers. The re-release uh, when it came back for the like redo of remnants uh which is funny i seem to be in a lot of remastered stuff uh, <laughs> is the fact that the image is now two pictures of me and i can't help but laugh at the idea of my face with dom's voice coming out <laughs> yeah i mean as i said it really is a beautiful time and i i know i i've spent like with, with um on jed's one and i'm pretty sure on jackson as well i compliment dom a lot <laughs> like on the on this um 
a talk thing now because uh, I think a lot of his work does come up a lot when discussing fan audios and fan films. I think I think, I think the thing is, me, me and Dom have a very similar perspective in one thing of we don't get the hype that surrounds us. And I'm not mm. saying to be egotistical, but like that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, I, but I've always said to Dom, you have earned it because I I have known him for a good while. Like, I knew him when I was just a fan. I was just a guy who watches how to cosplay stuff and he'd pop up in the odd like fan thing, whatever. And I used to think, wow, this guy's really, really cool. And now I'm, you know, I'm, I call this guy a mate. I'm getting a coat off him. <laughs> you know you know stuff like that it's things like that it's surreal but I've always said to him he's worked hard and he's earned where he is and I think you know what so have you so so both of you really I think there is um a level of that with everyone really where I think what is it um is it Imposter syndrome is that name where you don't? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's the right description. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, loosely doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud is the official definition. I think there is a level of that with a lot of creatives. I feel like that that's a huge thing where a lot of the people I've talked to uh, feel like giving up at some point, or you know, feel like they they've never earned where they are now. I just want to say that you, you definitely are where you are now. You are, and so is Dom, and um, so is all of the creatives I've talked to. And I think, you know, I I feel like times giving up writing, giving up producing, giving up doing my projects, and you know, I feel like sometimes I'm a terrible writer. But then, you know, there are there are moments for every creator. I think that I've found that felt like that, and I just want to say now on behalf of well, everyone that. As I said, the garden and all of your written work has been so important to so many. I feel like, yeah, I, I, you've definitely, definitely earned where you are now. Well, thank you, honestly. And honestly, I need to say the same for you because as I have a very similar thing to how Jed works. If I don't want to work with someone, if I don't like the quality of their work, I won't do it. And it's, it's funny because for ages, there was a certain person who I didn't want to work with. And I thought, oh, was I wrong for turning this person down? I later got hold of something. I was like, yeah, no, I, I definitely made the right call. But when you, when you approached me, cause like Dom, Dom told me that you were interested. And then, so we, so then we started messaging and I, and when you sent me the word, I was like, this is good. This is really, really good. And then I went onto your channel and started watching your stuff. And, you know, I just thought, I think what I love is that you weren't scared to tackle like the obscure stuff. I looked at this and thought, uh you know just a lot was going on mm. well uh so there is a um yes yeah so yeah, well, after, just... oh um <laughs> so i guess this is another one which will be edited this is a slightly non-edited this is a slightly edited non-edited talk <laughs> only for time reasons just but... like the other two were. <laughs> yeah but uh I'll just just say this what we're going to it's, it's honestly it's why when i started working with you it's it was it was amazing because it's like genuinely you were talking about people wanting to give up i genuinely uh and i i've told a lot of people quite close to me this i was basically ready to give up ever playing the blonde doctor uh because nothing was happening i was getting told very different things and you know and i was yeah. like okay and i just thought this isn't gonna happen and i started feeling like i was losing a connection to the character it very much just felt like you're there 
uh, from, and, and so when you approached me and asked me, I thought, like my like the thing is I thought you know you seem like a good person like this is just it's like a genuinely good piece of work you know I yeah I'll, I'll do this and then I started doing it and I was like you know, I think that was the first time I gave him the posh voice to differentiate him and stuff like that it's and I genuinely think uh like being in like Endgame and Dark Days that's only one of the reasons that I'm kept playing the blonde doctor because I genuinely just felt happy playing him again I finally felt like he was my doctor if that makes mm. sense you know i've been able to make my own and it was and it was nice and it was and you know just how open you were like to messaging me and talking to me about it You'd be like hey i thought about this idea can i do this or even when it wasn't like about the blonde doctor you just messaged me into about your ideas it was genuinely a big moment to me of yeah you know what i i am gonna keep playing this character i so if anyone who's a fan of blonde doctor just just know rory basically is one of the reasons the blonde doctor is still here today I mean, you're basically where most of his content is right now. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, I, uh, I mean, that means a lot. Thank you. I mean, I am glad that I could help at least bring the Blonde Doctor some content, you know? I think it's definitely your character. You should have creative control on where that character goes. I, I feel like a lot of fan productions and teams really in a way, dictate too much, if that makes sense. I think um, with your Doctor, you said losing your connection to that Doctor, and that's what yeah. limiting fan productions can do. I think the, that's, yeah. The thing is, and it's a big thing that I find, is that because uh, I, I get when you're doing a fan production, you want to try and take it professionally. I completely understand that. I, I have nothing like, I want to take it professionally. When I when I'm planning stuff and I'm doing stuff, you know, I write these scripts if I'm writing something professional. But at the end of the day, I don't sit here and um, ignore the fact I'm doing this because I want to pretend to be Doctor Who. I want to be Doctor Who, you know. I want to be running around being this mm. character. And I think sometimes it's a case of that gets lost on people. Yeah. That these are these are fun at the end of the day. This is This is to be fun. This is to have have a laugh and i there's nothing wrong with taking it like professionally i've known people who have started off in fan works i mean dom's the best example he he started off in fan works and you know even when he was producing like remnants he took that very seriously you know he he did this oh, yeah. like, and and now now look at him very well deserved working with big finish so i will never criticize that but i think people also need to remember they can't forget the fun along the way like we're doing this because it's fun i wanted to do a fan film because i thought it would be fun I didn't do it because I thought, you know, oh, I'll do this. I'll release like two episodes and maybe like a movie and then I'll be like the big cheese everywhere. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll continue this discussion on another call uh, yes. and I shall edit this out. Well, not well, not edit this out, but edit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I know what you mean. <laughs> we'll be right back. 2000 years later. And we're back. Well, in terms of what you've seen, you we've not been gone for that long, and we've been gone for fifty years. Two thousand years later, mm. in the sodding sewer. <laughs> uh, one thing I, I wanted to bring up because it's when you were talking about the garden is, like I said, that originally started off as the waistcoat doctor, essentially, mm. you know, of what the. Uh, 
so and it was funny so the guy comes out there are character beats in that and references like i reference a incarnation a well-built looking chap in a long leather jacket and a black shirt that was <laughs> reference to a friend of mine who was playing at the time my previous incarnation uh so i referenced him like not as a big boy just a subtle thing to show hey you know if i'm doing these connections i'm doing these connections comes out all good and then all of a sudden uh i remember i was writing a teaser trailer i was writing the teaser trailer because i was one planning to work with jed i was planning to do something with jed and we were work and i was working on a little teaser trailer just to announce hey i'm doing this you know the series you want some content you're gonna get content i then get a message saying oh yeah i changed my mind about that a while ago and i was like why did i not know this and I thought, well, that's now canon to this. So, mm. but that actually was quite good for me creatively because it made me so. The blonde doctor is definitely my most popular doctor, but the main doctor, sort it to me is the waistcoat doctor. He's the one who I've been trying to do ever since I was like, oh god, ever since I was like in secondary school. Uh, so good, good while ago. I'm very old. Um, You're not that old. <laughs> I know, but my girlfriend calls me old. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, I just remember. So yeah, so I had this character plan for ages, and then I suddenly like the whole the the mental health element and stuff like that got put to the blonde doctor. I was like, okay. So I, I always put it in very interesting ways. I said the waistcoat doctor is the idealized version of me. Mm. Uh, and the and the blonde doctor is like the representation of like the mental health issues and mm. i actually found that quite interesting when it comes to writing it uh like both doctors it makes them different i mean that's you know i think that comes across a lot when we did we surpass like that was yeah and talking of that another good segue there uh <laughs> we surpass was of course uh, of course uh, you mentioned the blonde octagon on my channel of course uh, we surpass was very much jed's Jed's baby, in a way, it was very much his. Uh, of course, I had some creative input there, but um, of course, due to circumstances with what was happening with me, uh, I couldn't really, uh, you know, be as hands-on as I usually am. But I feel like that really benefited that one because, like, it's very much about you and you and Jed. That one, you and Jed's. Uh... It, it is funny because I we wanted to co-write that. He said to me because we 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 talked about the idea of putting the george verse together he called it or the guide reverse and uh i said yeah cool and we and i thought that would be really fun and he's and we said that let's write it together jed is a ridiculously fast writer so i'm mm, so I he had that. like a yeah. day off or he was working from home or something i go off to work couldn't have my phone out or anything so i couldn't like get on google docs or try and do anything uh, <laughs> so i was like okay i come back and basically the entire script's done basically everything's done he goes yes we co-wrote this i went jed we didn't <laughs> like not not in, not, not in the sense i was annoyed it was great like it's genuinely one of my favorite mm. scripts but it was more the fact i was like jed don't don't say i'm a co-writer for the sake of it you did the work here you get the credit i like i went in and edited like the odd line or something or changed the odd bit but yeah that that was that yeah. was jed but i just remember coming back like well, that was fast. Just the Speed Force theme from like the Flash TV show starts playing. Oh, don't bring up the Speed Force theme. <laughs> wow. Add the Speed of Force at least. Don't bring up that after. Oh. You've, you've heard me and Jed's thoughts on that. I mean, 
blimey. But um, yeah, so Reese Pass was a very interesting release for me because not only was it like the second episode that I hadn't edited, but um, really it was it was very um very well put together, very well acted, and I wanted to ask you mainly was uh, what was it like playing so many doctors, and what was it like um, differentiating between all five of them? Because of course it was what was it the blonde doctor, the waistcoat doctor. Uh, it was a uh, wife doctor the... and the oh. bearded menace. Mm. Of course, the bearded menace uh, was that was my idea to include the bearded menace. That was mainly my main contribution to that one was your character for that. Uh, what was it like playing that character alongside so many different doctors? So, so I mean, you, I'm, I'm attempting to grow the goatee right now, just out of boredom. So, you know, so. I have always wanted to play uh, spoilers the master uh, because he is my my favorite villain. Uh, he, she, whatever the master is, is my favorite villain. Mm. And I so getting to play that was interesting, and especially because of uh, an idea you pitched to me about which version of the master I would be playing or which version mm. of the master I'd be replacing mm. in a multiverse sort of way. Mm. In a multiverse way, we don't need to get certain people who have very disrespectful views. Let's just say yeah, that. let's just say that. Like I could go on a rant. I'm not, but uh, so oh, I've been it, on many myself. Uh, <sighs> but so that was interesting, and the big thing for me was voice because I I'd mess around like pretending to be the master a few times, mm-hmm. like just on script or just when I'm bored. Like I remember once me and Jed got bored, so that we would just read random scripts, or if he was reading a script and he needs someone to fill in, I'd read like reading a line for him or something, and uh, so. You know, funnily yeah. enough, say, talking about pretending to be the master, I mean, I was waiting at a train station once and I just started doing that for no reason other than just, you know, why not? It's I had that. I was in a long black coat once uh, and I didn't realise I had worn it for like when I was doing some RP stuff on TikTok. So the, so the laser, it was either the TCE or the laser screwdriver was in the pocket. <laughs> and I was just like casually like flicking stuff on my phone. Like, like shuffle on my phone and evil music came on. I think it might have been like the evil Morty theme or like an operatic remix of it or something. <laughs> and I just pulled out the laser screwdriver. I just started monologuing to myself like, my dear doctor, you know. Mm. Uh, that was, it, it was fun. It was, it was fun because I, uh, Jed described it as me taking the Jonathan Price master and making him like, serious like if if he was like a proper like on the yeah. like, on the actual show and i thought i'll take that you know <laughs> but so that was fun and with the doctors it was it was really interesting so at this point i had a very firm grasp of what was happening with blonde uh you know i gave him this more upper class voice to differentiate him in performance because i didn't want every time because I realise there's going to be different versions of the Doctor with my face. I want them to all feel different because I don't want someone to... If someone like watched something on Instability Productions, I want them to say, hey, that Doctor feels different to, you know, the blonde Doctor because, you know, that's how the Doctor should feel. Uh, it's sort of like how the Schalke Doctor feels very different to the Lick the Mirror Handsome Doctor. Mm. Uh, so that was... Uh, and waistcoat's easy. Waistcoat's basically just me, but ever so slightly hyper but that's just me talking normally <laughs> and it was it was interesting because that was one of the 
one of quite an early recording for waistcoat because well because we started getting stuff out we we had standby recorded i don't know if standby was out at this point i can't remember but i knew it was recorded and i had massive issues i tried to edit it loads of issues happened and jed kindly took over uh and edited that for me which did a fantastic job so you get the character this you know quite happy chirpy doctor and then you have the wife doctor which uh is related to jed's uh, timeline. I'm not going to go into spoilers and stuff. So, mm. you have the slightly higher pitched upper class blonde doctor, the normal talking waistcoat doctor, and then I had to deepen my voice to give the impression of this almost Eccleston like doctor in terms of emotional weight, uh, which is what the I wanted to give to the wife doctor because I wanted them to all feel different. So, mm. I remember usually. I don't get directed a lot when it comes to uh, like audio recordings uh, or a lot of fan doctor stuff. Uh, so I, but I, I said to Jed, I want you on call because I need to make sure these guys come across different. Mm. Because I think you mentioned they... that it's very much, you know, it was very much more, you know, of course uh, I, uh, I can definitely see it as, you know, kind of free to have all your doctors together and have the chance to, you know, use your abilities your um range to change them but also like having jed there must have been a great help it 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 was because well because me and him have jed has written a lot of stuff for instability and i've and we've co-wrote stuff for instability and stuff and jed is a big part of instability productions uh which is the my kind of production label and you can find that in the description by the way Nice, I like the plug. Uh, so me and him, uh, he he knows the waistcoat doctor quite well, and we've done like loads of read through. So I knew inside and out how the waistcoat doctor would react to Jed's doctor. That was easy for me. Uh, but the other ones, because this was actually the first time I'd ever played the wife doctor. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was interesting because like I've been casting the role for a while, but it was the first time obviously I, I played it. So I had mm. to make sure okay, all the stuff me and Jed have spoke about in the past, I wanted it to come across, and honestly, having him there was a big help, because I didn't want to ever, like, look at it and go, oh, it's fine, you know, I think they sound different, because naturally, I'm going to know they sound different, because I, in my mind, think I want these to sound different, but I had to make sure someone, you know, could else could hear that, and especially when you brought the master into it, that was... That was so much fun because it was it was a weird mixture. I basically called it the fusion of the blonde doctor voice and the wife doctor voice because I went very posh but a lot deeper. Like my dear mm. dear doctors, reminds uh, me of the uh, a deeper McQueen in a way, you know, like a proper oh, that kind God. of. God mm. bless that man. He is brilliant, isn't he? And he's brilliant master <laughs> as well. Absolutely he fantastic. Is, he, I listened to, I binged because there was a sale and I got like all of, because I hadn't properly listened to Dark Eyes until (laughs) last month. So I binged every single Dark Eyes and I thought, I mean, that's the way to do it. God, I, I, I love I love him as the master. Like I heard him obviously in Masterful, uh like the, the, the two masters trilogy and uh, I was just about to ask if you heard Vampire of Mine, but now that you mention it, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Him and Colin deserve more together. They need more. They they work. And this is this is what I quite like about McQueen's doctor doctor. I mean he could play a doctor. I mean that. have you listened to Unit Dominion? Yeah, uh, not all of it. I listened to some of it because I know the I know the plot of it, and it is 
Oh, very oh much God. him playing the Doctor to begin with, Modern Master being the Doctor. And it, it it just it just works. He's such a he, I mean he's he's a brilliant actor. Like I, I won't like obviously the main thing I know him from was in between us, obviously. But what I like about him, he can either be the funniest, fun-loving master, but he is also terrifying. Like one moment I love is in the I'm pretty sure it's Empire of the Mind, where the six doctors try to phone units and he, he's like on the phone and you hear like this person responding to him and he's like, Oh, the master yes we'll get someone over there's like oh thank god that's brilliant oh doctor you don't surely you realize i have all the phones routed to me mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean yeah it is an absolute brilliant master i um i know um in audios and such joshua Griggs voices him mainly i i was about to say i i because josh I, i've worked with josh a few times he plays my son my beautiful beautiful child uh and honestly josh is i he's a a great talent but the thing is i remember absolutely uh because just by chance i stumbled upon the audio he did that is set after ravenous which is you know like the birth of the mcqueen master and that was just so fun to listen to i was like he's got he's got the characterization down really really well like i can't like complain that that was that was really well done so josh if you hear this well done man that was good <laughs> yeah he also plays um the war chief and uh uh he also plays the milo parker master which uh he does brilliantly by the way he, he plays an excellent milo uh that's coming up in a dark days release soon uh and uh yeah he's an absolutely brilliant uh he's um definitely my go-to for those masters and you know master in general um, I feel like uh, it, uh, him and uh, Jacob Keefe, uh, no, not the memes, who plays uh, the Golden Tipper one, Eric Roberts, Beavers, and a few more. He also voices Schalke in an upcoming release as well. I, I believe that's um, the name uh, I used because um, there are various, um, there was a complication earlier on, but I don't know if it's not that, I apologize. But uh, also like Wink Taylor, uh, Wink Taylor, he does the most one of the most accurate seventh doctor impressions I've ever heard. Um, also, fifth doctor as well, and pretty much every other doctor and every master. He's brilliant. I say, I say this in a, in a, in a not horrible way at all, but I always find the fifth doctor the hardest to do an impression mm. of because of the fact he is a not, nothing is a bit different, but he has a very generic voice. Hmm. Uh, uh, like, and not like horribly, but you know, like you have like the bombastic poshness of like the sixth doctor. You got like the accent and uh, of like seven, and you have like eight, the eighth doctor's posh voice. You know, things like that. And then you have the fifth doctor, who brilliant actor. I love Peter Davison's voice, like, but you know what I mean. For a lot of the time, he is quite, you know, he's, yeah, he's a more natural sounding one. Hmm. So, so when I hear people do like really good impressions of him, I'm like, wow. Mm. And I honestly, you have one of my favorite uh, stories that you did on uh, The Dark Days, and it's the Tipple Master and the Decayed Master. Uh, and I, I adored that. To think that I've given, uh, well, well, I didn't write it, but uh, on my channel, there's more Tipple content than there was in the actual show. It's quite insane to think about. But um, yeah, same could be said for Blonde Dots now, really. Ooh, blimey. You are you you are just the you are like just like collecting us all collecting. <laughs> uh, but, um, <laughs> back to um thinking about like I was thinking about you know when you were talking about mental health 
side of things. And it, it really was, um, you know, it's, it's incredible. I mean, um, uh, uh, it, I feel like a blonde in particular inspired, uh, you know, because I've got my Doctor Techno. And it, yes. def- it definitely, your arc and the way you wrote in the garden definitely inspired how I'm going to do my Doctor as well, because Techno is very grounded and it's going through his fair share of mental health problems that's related to things that I've been through in my real life so I feel like blonde and waistcoat have really brought that level of nuance and in a way given that kind of extra level of um I don't know how to describe it but it's, it's given like a lot of fan creators a lot of inspiration to explore that side of the doctor in a way of course in different ways but yeah, yeah I think it is a, it is a thing I, I've I've noticed and not just like in fan stuff just in general sometimes people get a bit nervous about having their hero express mental health and I think a character like the doctor is actually perfect to do that for like, so because he's an alien you don't have to show it in the most traditional way mm. but the substance is there and the subtext is there that people can notice and relate it's it's like i said because uh, one of the big things is it, it's the whole thing with the war doctor uh that there's this moment where at the very end of day the doctor where he just looks up and goes at this moment i am the doctor again and you have mm-hmm. the and there's the moment where they're saying goodbye to him and they both call him doctor Mm. and you see the look on john hurt's face and that hits Mm -hmm. me every time but it's like it's like little things it's like i love into the spider-verse for that reason because it shows mental health on a whole lot of levels you have peter b parker going through very real the depression uh you know and the, the thing is because a lot of people criticise another Marvel, they, they criticise Infinity War and Endgame for how they represent Thor's depression. Obviously, they say they play it up for a joke. And I'm like, I can sometimes see the complaint, but I do understand what people mean. A lot of the time, that is what... Like, I remember when I hit one of my peaks in depression, that was me. I just hit away playing games. I gained, I gained weight, you know. Yeah. It happens. And you do, you try and put on this front because you don't want to admit to yourself you have this. And it's, again, like with uh, Spider-Verse, it's why I think Peter B. Parker's done so well. And Miles Morales with the whole, but that confidence, that fear. And it makes the ending of Spider-Verse so satisfying. And yeah, I, I like the fact we're slowly getting there, especially in stuff aimed at younger audiences, because I think it's the same I've always said when people get weird, like when a same-sex romance or any like LGBT stuff is done in well you know young adult media children's media stuff like that I don't think that should be an issue because someone said to me oh but you have to explain that to a kid I'm like what's to explain it's not you see the amount of uh, heterosexual relationships in uh, media as well it's I know it's a completely different conversation from um, mental health but it's very um, similar in how it's kind of stigmatised in terms of a young audience viewing it and it's weird how it's stigmatized because it's very human it's probably the most human human elements of of our lives of everyone's lives that you could incorporate that you know giving these younger audiences more representation as and and when they grow up to understand that representation more can benefit them greatly 
in ways that people just don't seem to understand. It's giving them a sense of, you know, they're seen. They're not. It, it, and it, and, exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it's important. It's, and, it go, and it does go back to mental health in the sense of I have met people before who like younger people who have like 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 family friends and stuff like that and they've come out to me like with mental health issues and they have said to me oh am i a freak i've gone no of course you're not a freak and i sometimes think and it makes you it does make you feel that way it does it makes you feel like a freak or like a bird and it can make you feel that way it's awful but but when you and that's why i think it's great when you see it on tv a bit more like film or media in general uh because it's important that people don't feel left out they feel mm. included and they feel look depression's not great it's awful but when it's shown like you know like i said Peter parker stuff when you when you have a hero like spider-man going through it someone who's gone through so much and still being a hero you sit there and you think i can keep getting up i can keep doing it because you suddenly realize hey Spider-Man ain't perfect. Peter Parker ain't perfect, but he's still trying. He's still a hero, and in a way, that is a big thing that keeps me going with the Blonde Doctor a lot. Is that people like like people have this thing of him where they they feel they can relate. Like there is a there is a uh, a, a fan fiction out there written by uh, uh, my uh, by well my now friend Lucy, who <laughs> about the Blonde Doctor, and I just got tagged in this i saw it by chance and it's you know it, it's really good like i I'm, I'm very glad the first fanfic of the blonde doctor isn't a smut fan fiction mm. i'm i like i was like please don't do this now don't search the <laughs> blonde doctor on twitter without safe search by the way you don't let's just say that. it won't be me it'll be a blonde doctor it won't be me. it's not the blonde doctor you were expecting <laughs> but uh, and you know and we we, we spoke um, and and she didn't go into detail but she said you know the, she found the blondes are quite relatable because of stuff that's gone on in her life and it inspired her to write this and i i said to her go for it you write your stuff you send it to me because i like seeing this and if it's helping in any way who's it going also please keep talking i need to go turn the light on because i realize i'm vanishing to the darkness <laughs> well as i said the, the, the well the best way i can pull it the, the really just the best way I can put this entire conversation is we need to normalize humanity. We need yeah. to normalize being human. We have our weaknesses. We have our strengths and they're not weaknesses. That's the thing. Going through mental health issues is never, ever a weakness. It's something that happens. It's very normal. You're not a freak. Everybody goes through mental health issues. Some, and it's how we process that. And we need to, because if we don't normalize humanity, if we don't normalize how to safely deal with these issues, how to safely talk to people and find the right people in our lives to, as I said, talk about this, then it will just, well, it will lead to destruction. It will lead to people going to much worse. It will be much worse this... than it needs to be for people. This no. is a bit of a downer to say, but this is, this is, I think, so today, the day we're recording this is the anniversary of when my friend took this further action, like, and 
they to this day sticks sticks with me and it, and it does it's nine years and it still sticks with me now i don't oh, know sorry I, I didn't know uh, no no please please honestly that there's no need there's no need to apologize uh but i think it every time i bring it up is because i think this is this is a thing that i think people don't realize that this is real it can happen to people you know and like i said i don't claim to know the full reasons about why what happened happened and i'm not going to sit here and pretend i do but i have stopped people from doing the same thing because and a lot of the time they told me they felt they couldn't go to anyone because there is this stigma and and i i said it needs to stop because that's the thing and this is why i think like you said it needs to be normalized it shouldn't be something to be afraid of if a character's like gay or if a character's going through depression fine let's let's you know it, it's 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 why like i know it's always good mention, but it's why i laugh my head off every time i think about james Dreyfus because i think mm. you play the character who canonically turned into a woman <laughs> i know i mean imagine what it would have been like with masterful jesus with him and missy but oh. genuinely my condolences about your friend i know that you know but i think the thing with it you know doctor who in particular for me helps me and it's just you know what you said about the blonde doctor going through a very human struggle i mean when i lost my dad at the beginning of this year i turned on father's day i watched someone going through what i was going through what i am going through and in a way it comforted me to see it depicted on screen obviously it's got all those time travel and sci-fi elements as has spider-man but seeing that on screen, seeing and it was it was one of my dad's favorite episodes as well. I mean, he lost his dad as well. But seeing it depicted on screen, seeing Rose depicted on screen in that way, a character I look up to, and still look up to. You know, these science fiction, these outlandish shows, suddenly being real, really helps really it all it will help someone out there i mean whether it whether it is like um whether it's something real or something fake like i know someone who watched dev doctor recently after losing someone because they love it and i think that, that we entertainment in general has that power that power to help people it has that power to inspire people, to distract people from the real world, but it also has that power to be very real and connect with people in ways that, you know, we can't really fathom until maybe until it actually happened to us. Because sometimes, oh, exactly. yeah, and it, it can be, uh, in a way, it can be there for us, even when we feel at our most alone, when we feel at our most broken and empty, it can feel, it can feel that kind of, void in a way and it can teach people on how to be not how to be but how to talk to others how to feel to to basically to basically say you know it's like when i mean it's still going on i'm I'm not going to sit here and act like it isn't but it's like when the uh black lives matter stuff was very much the, the key topic in the media and i like like i like said it's not gone away and right, rightfully so it shouldn't go away but you know it, it does still matter it will always matter but i remember it was it, like 
because I, I sat here and I said to, I said to, I am never going to understand what it's like to be a person of color and get, you know, basically be judged just for that, to have all these fears just because I'm a different color. And, you know, but I basically, I educated myself. I spoke to people. I said, look, I'm not going to sit here and say, I know what you're going through. I don't. Like, I can sit here and go, racism is bad. I know it's bad, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I've experienced it because I haven't. Mm. But I, that way, I got educated. I got told by people like stuff they've been through. And it, it was, it's stuff like that. It's because people finally sat down and had the conversation. It was an open conversation. I think it's like you said with media, because I, I had a lot of people uh, say when, when I think it was, it was the Oscars or the BAFTAs, like one of those, it was a big awards ceremony and they were talking about Black Lives Matter a lot. And I had a lot of people go, why are they talking about it? it? It's done. They had their protest. And I went, it's still going on. It's an everyday thing. It's not. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's not. It's not that, you know, that, I'd love it if a that, protest could solve it. That yeah. brings me to my next point is that even though it's a great thing, it's it's a brilliant thing that all these topics have talked about. I don't like it when they're exploited because sometimes, well, quite a lot of the time it can be by these huge conglomerate uh, entertainment industry, you know, fucking idiots but I'm, I'm glad that's kind of phasing out you know the you know using issues to earn money in a way it, a very honestly, shallow way of covering it i remember uh ages ago i was planning a comic book series and i and the thing is a lot of characters their basic designs and some stuff about their personality were based on friends people i know and a lot of my friends you know they, they are white they are, they are like me they are white you know stuff like that so that's how they were yeah. based because they were based off people directly and i had uh someone say to me you need to have more like like people yeah. of color and i said i said no, no okay no I, I agree with that but then they kept like pushing say oh get this get this get this and i went you're making this sound like a checklist mm. i said i'm not like like i said i'm a firm believer of you can have a character be in a thing and be gay and it doesn't have to be a big deal uh, you know, the, the fact they're gay doesn't define their entire character. Because, you know, you have that a lot in a lot of shows where the fact they're, like, gay or, you know, something like that is the only thing that is their character. And I don't like that. That that That's why I review it. It's quite exploitative. It's to say, look, we have representation. And I said, I said, if I write a character and they're gay, they'll be gay. But I, I you know, I have no issue doing that. I've written gay characters and stuff before, but but I've just sat there and I said, I don't like it when it seems like a checklist to say, hey, make yourself seem, you know, like this. And I'm like, no, because to me, yeah. that defeats the purpose. And like, I, know, So I think one of the best things Doctor Who did, I, uh, it's not Orphan 55, it's, what's the other one? It Prax something? Praxis. That's it. Uh, and you obviously have the, the two, the, the, because I haven't seen that in ages, that's why I don't remember character names, but uh, you, you have the two, like, you know, the gay couple in it. And what I love is, it's not really drawn on the fact they're gay. They're mm. just a couple. They're just, yeah, they're just, yeah. I mean, and I hate it. I really hate it when it's discussed, like this topic is discussed and like, oh, they point out a character that just so happens to be, you know, what they supposedly don't hate, but it's a diversity cast. Oh my God, there's a character with a disability. Oh my God, they're, they're, they're like yeah they're, they're just talking about it they're just showing it you know because they it's a checklist and of course 
you know, like in flux with Di. I mean, yeah. she's she's just human. She's just a character. She, it's not a diversity. Nothing hug. is ever brought up about the, you know her disability. I mean, even, she lives her life. You know, she lives her life. She does this, and I love that. But, the, but I do agree. It, it's annoying where every time someone gets cast, uh, like because I remember there was I I've always said this. The only time I think the sexuality of a character or the skin tone, I might get some flat fears, or the skin tone or whatever of a character being changed should be put into question is if it outright affects the character. So, best way to say it, I've always said Captain America can and can be represent and should be represented by as many races as possible. Especially now you have like, you know, uh, Sam, like, you know, Sam has a new Captain America. But I've always said the. Steve Rogers should be white. And someone said to me, why? And I said, because the whole point of him is he's meant to be what they wanted in the 1940s, the ideal, the ideal poster boy for America. And that's what that would use. And that leads into a, a lot of great stories with when you bring in characters like Isaiah Bradley, a black Captain America around the exact same time as Steve Rogers. Who was exploited and, and you know, didn't have... And I, and I think his story is more effective because you have Steve Rogers being the you know, poster boy child. And like I said, I will never sit here and say I'm an expert on race-related issues. I'm not. I'm, I'm, mm. I, you know, I'm a straight white boy with no swag. Same. I uh, mean, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we're, it's not really, you know... Of course, we... we um, yeah, I feel like... But that's... With the media nowadays, and especially, like, Not My Doctors... They seem to oh. think that they can. Uh, don't even get me fucking started. Actually, oh, I mean. honestly, it, it can't. Literally, Jodie could do anything. I remember, like, when I saw people complain when they got good looks at her costume from Legends of the Sea Devils, and they're mm. like, "Oh, it has like flowers or something on it. How girly!" And I went, "There's nothing wrong with the outfit." They're like, "She has rainbows on her top, and." Mm. No, it's it's like because I remember because obviously there were loads of rumors about Idris Elba being cast as James Bond, and I think you know he'd be fantastic in the role. But a lot of people say, but he's written as white in the books, and I'm like, okay, but does it actually directly affect the character? Mm. That's the like I said, you know, because I don't think like the first he's not a bad thing. It's not like people like yes, it's annoying when it's used as a checklist. It's used to look at us like. A lot of people, I remember there's a big thing with, with Encanto when that came out, and uh, you have uh, the sister, I think her name's Louisa, I can't remember, but uh, she's obviously built, like, she's like super strength, and she's built to look like she has super strength. Yeah, and, and that's just I, normal. Yeah, and I remember an animator basically, that said, basically came out and said, we had to fight Disney to make her look buff. Oh yeah, so and there was, the, um, there was the don't say gay thing for Pixar. Remember that Disney enforced on Pixar and they had to fight for the same sex yeah. like yeah. It's insane how you know how far we've fallen from accepting humanity and incorporating it in our media output. And uh you know I you know I feel like uh you know with the uh companies just using the pride flag for you know for views pretty much. I think yeah, that's that yeah. that's when it annoys me that's when stuff like that will annoy me because i i think like i said diversity isn't bad i hate like like the not my doctor crew like you can dislike the chipmunk era you can dislike jodie whittaker as the doctor 
but it's the way certain people go about it. And I'm like, like I have spoken to Jed. He does not like the Chibnall era. For the most part, I'm quite a defendant. I will defend the Chibnall era quite a bit. Uh, like It's got a lot of flaws, but I will defend it. And I know a lot of people who love it. And I love Jodie as the Doctor. Me and Jed have had some discussions. And they've been, they've been civil. They've been, I think this. Well, I think this. Okay, I don't agree, but I respect your opinion. And that's how it should be. It's not... Yeah she's a woman like again when, when shooty got cast i for, for the most part it was really positive which was great but there yeah. were the odd subsection i saw saying oh so just gonna get a black person in the tardis now filling another checklist i'm like or he's just the right person for the job mm. yeah but yeah anyways moving on yes <laughs> that's uh i think um so what should we discuss next <laughs> i mean uh I think uh, one thing the other day that I did um, was uh, I introduced someone to Doctor Who. And I haven't discussed this with anyone yet, but uh, it was a very weird select. Well, I have on uh, the one I did for Jack a bit, but I wondered uh, what episodes would you use to introduce someone? Like, apart from the obvious ones like Rose, because the selection that I ended up picking, some due to my sister, uh, was a very weird selection. Uh, the first one she chose was Aliens of London, World War Three. So that was the first episode we used to introduce them. And then I chose Midnight because they were a horror fan. So I thought, you know, introduce them to a bit of the scariest I dealt to. Then she chose The Lodger because funny oh. James Gordon. <laughs> you know, ironically, of course. And then I chose Dalek because they thought the Daleks were their friends. You know, the Daleks were the Doctor's friends. I thought I'd discuss that with you now. Uh, see what you would choose. See, my one of my go-to is because I always like. I'd love to introduce people to the classics, but I do get it's a lot easier to digest like the new series. And I'd like to stress if someone, uh, I will always recommend listening to the cl- like watching the classic stories. But if you don't want to, you'd rather watch a new series. Don't let people say you're less of a fan. You're mm. not. You're just as much of a fan as everyone. But um. The 11th hour was always my go-to. I always think the 11th hour is such a good opener because you don't have all the setup of Rose where you have to literally really push to introduce everything because obviously that was bringing it back completely. Doctor Who had been gone for so long at that point. Uh, but yeah, 11th hour was always there for me because I think it's just such a good jump on story. Um, God, that's a good question. See, because I'd love to say something like World Enough in Time and you know doctor falls but i don't think they work as introduction stories because there's a lot of lore you need to know there, like the master and the cybermen mm. uh honestly the tv movie be one of them because the tv movie had to do a very similar thing to rose in the respect of it had to basically it's doctor who it's for the fans but we also have to make sure a new audience can basically understand it so i think the if you want to go something that's a little bit old school but you know yeah, I think the TV movie's a good start. Dalek, 100%. Dalek's a, a very good story to introduce people to. Yeah. Um, see, in terms of if you want emotional storytelling, I, I people might disagree with me as an introduction. Human nature and family of blood. Mm. I, I think yeah. they are two of the best written Doctor Who stories and oh, generally agreed, two of my favourites. And I think... Maybe not like the very first one I show them, but that, that they'd be in my collection because you get David Tennant yeah. giving one of the best performances. Ironically, one of the best performances, not as the Doctor. Hmm. 
Yeah, I think um, they're definitely two of my favourites. And um, they were my dad's favourite as well. Um, he loved them. He adored them. And it's very much continued on to me. And I think they'd make, um, I, I think um, from now on with that friend that I'm introducing them to, I'm going to start with Rose and then go through them all, uh, hopefully in future, because we're going to uni together. But um, yeah, I definitely agree with human nature. And I think it's just one of the greatest episodes in general. Also, Unicorn and the Wasp, maybe, because that's that's just fun. That That's a fun, goofy story. Like, you don't yeah. need too much Orange of Doctor Who going in. You get the basic idea. I, I think that that could work as a, as, a, as a decent introduction story or one of the stories to maybe use to introduce Doctor Who to someone. Yeah, of course, the writer of that is a complete idiot. Complete idiot. Maybe we specify. I, oh, 100. Like, I'm, I'm very much one of these people. I will try and separate the art from the person but yeah like like i said i can listen to a lot of the big finish stuff with james dreyfus and think you know i can enjoy it man's an idiot mm. and so you know like like i said i'm not gonna sit here and like say otherwise but you know i get what you're saying but i'm gonna throw this back to you if you were introducing someone to big finish what would what would you use to get them into big finish good question i had to answer this on the uh the uh, you know that uh, debate on um, battles in fandom that Jack uh, Jack Alexander uh, hosts. Yes. I had to answer that one in the debate, and um, of course there are the obvious ones like uh, Storm Warning, um, uh, the Marion Conspiracy, um, Sirens of Time. But I probably go for Holy Terror. I feel like you know, of course, you there's it's a very Doctor Who fan esque. Uh, I guess, targeted uh, audio. But if you're going into the audios, I suppose you'd need to... Well, it's not necessarily true, but I, I feel like I, it's... I think you're more likely to already be somewhat of a, of a fan if you're... Yeah. All, I know, at least I like the basic details. If you're, if you're sat there thinking, I want to explore the further stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I think... um. Yeah, I think it, it's a great audio, great story. I recommend checking out that podcast that I was on uh, to get my full thoughts on it. But um, yeah, I, I think it's just got great comedy, great horror, great twist. Uh, it goes like constantly just up and down, up and down, up and down. It's brilliant. It's all over the place. And that's just what Dot 2 is. It's, it's incredible. What about you? What big finish would you use? See, I always usually say I didn't. I go from the Lucy Miller stuff because mm. the Lucy Miller stuff, like as much as I'm personal, I think the Lucy Miller stuff is amazing. But I always prefer the Charlie and Eight stuff because I just love that duo. But uh, I think if you're if you're just getting into Doctor Who, or you're like like early in, the Lucy Miller run of audios has a good thing. It feels new. It's done like in, in the new series, like forty five minutes to an hour format and stuff like that it has that kind of feel so i think it's a lot easier to kind of get people in um spare parts would be quite good if to get a classic one in uh genuinely though i think dalek universe works really well because you have you know the the let's be like one of the most popular doctors and you have this amazing set of stories which gets has yeah. classic elements but it feels something like you would recognize yeah, I, I agree. That's a great, great choice. I think um, also Out of Time works in that respect. Yes. Mm, that, that entire series really works in that respect. I mean, uh, especially Out of Time 1. Uh, although Out of Time 3 is 
uh, succinctly <laughs> surpassed that for me. It's incredible. And, uh... Out of time, free works because it's it's not a do I'd expect. Mm. Because you know you you obviously think ten and four would meet. 10 and 5 have met, so you know it's going to be good. When they were like, oh, it's going to be the 10th Doctor and the 6th Doctor, I was like, I'm intrigued! Mm-hmm. And, it, and it worked. It, it's, it's very solid. And maybe maybe the War Doctor stuff... Uh, that oh, I do like I th- the War Doctor stuff, but it does get repetitive after a while. I, th- I think because I always find out with Time War stuff in general, like Big Finish do the best with the setting they can. I do think they've told some interesting stories, but Time War stuff you know the darks are going to come in eventually you know this like that and you know very well written dalek stuff but at the same time you just sit there and you think okay mm. yeah it's why, it's why i'm enjoying the war doctor begins a lot more because of, i like it how it's building up to the character that we know in day of the doctor mm. Mm. oh yeah that's brilliant it is a brilliant series that one i'd probably probably use that one to introduce them for sure uh yeah, so that's my general thoughts on what Big Finish I'd used to introduce. I mean, uh, of course, um, Holy Terror is kind of throwing them into the deep end, but I feel like Big Finish is the deep end of Doctor in general. So so my first MCU film was The Avengers, was the first Avengers, and you could argue that was being thrown to the deep end, but it worked for me. And so, you know, sometimes that can work. If, if you get thrown to the deep end, but you still have a solid story, it makes you want to go back and learn the other bits more. Mm. Like the first ever Doctor Who graphic novel I was given was The Flood. So I was like, yeah. who's this Destry? Why can she turn into a fish person? And I went back and got the other ones. And obviously I got to meet the, the you know, the co- that comic version of The Master, which, god damn, I wish we saw mm-hmm. some more stuff. But yeah, I think that is a good thing with Doctor Who. If it catches you it can work and you will be drawn into know the other stuff. I, again, I do think, I don't like the stigma. If you don't watch the classic series, you're not a true fan. No, yeah. some people have preference. Like my, my mm. girlfriend, she, she's a big Doctor Who fan, but she, I, she might've watched the odd classic, but I know she's told me she's not watched a lot. And she says to me, does that bother you? I said, no. I said, if you want to watch them, I'll show you. We'll have a day, but I'm not going to make you because I do think gatekeeping can be an issue in fandoms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A huge issue, huge issue. I mean, uh, you can even skip nine if you want. It's not like, not mandatory to watch series one. Like, that's for sure. I know a lot of people who have started with Tenant, and because yeah. they've enjoyed Tenant so much, they've gone back. Mm. Like I, I, like me, I'd say you know, don't skip nine if you'd ask me my opinion. But at the end of the day, start with what you want. Like there are episodes I wouldn't recommend starting with if you want to go in with. A fresh enough perspective like again like i'd love to say you know well enough in time dr falls because but doesn't i don't think they work as introductions completely because there's a lot there because you've got missy's story arc happening you've got the sim master you know if you don't know a lot about doctor who or anything about doctor who it's gonna really throw you hard but there's yeah there's they're like hey if you wanted a nice simple story uh i don't know if it works completely but uh you know i think christmas carol works quite well yeah, I'd say that. Or girl, or even girl in the fireplace. Definitely. Or I'm going to throw this out there because a lot of people don't like this. I actually think it's really good. Return of Doctor Mysterio. Damn, I thought you were going to say Love and Monsters. But okay, uh, I'm saying this now. I legitimately really like Love and Monsters. <laughs> yes, me too. I, I mean, it's kind of become my brand at this point. But 
I absolutely adore Love and Monsters for what it does and how it does it. It's a brilliant episode. I wouldn't use it as an instruction, but no. I it's think it- harmless. It's fun. It, is it the greatest thing in the world? No, but it's it's fun. It's a fun story. And, you know, mm. I like Elton. I like, I like the concept of the story. Yeah. And... You know, I like the fact it led us to one of the biggest memes of the Hugh community of we have a bit of a love life. <laughs> but, you know, absolutely love that. Just everything about this episode is just. Yes. Oh, it's just, just it, it works. It works. It it's works. Such a good story. It, it just, you know, absolutely works. I mean, uh, yeah, so uh, back to. um. Back to fan stuff, of course, because, of course. Um, so we've discussed Reese Pass. Of course, the first thing we worked on together was... Um, vis- was it Visiting Hours? Was that it? Was that yes, it, yeah, Visiting Hours was visiting the first hours. one. Yep. And that was a... Uh, that was Dark Days episode 43, although that may change by, you know, whenever, because I'm always reordering it. But um, So that one was written during Flux, um, and it was uh, you versus um, Swarm. Well, not you versus formers per se, but that was written during Flux, which was, you know, it was probably one of the first Flux things to come out as well, uh, in fan audio at least, which was. I won't exciting. forget because when you told me it was me versus Swarm, I sat there and I thought, but the finale of Flux hasn't end like aired yet. I was like, what's he? What are you going to do here? <laughs> you know, like, and then the way you wrote, I was like. That's really clever. I was like, that's really clever how you handle it. And obviously, I won't say spoilers at all, but you've told me a lot how the end game kind of saga yeah. works. So a lot of it made sense. I was like, oh, okay. But even beforehand, I was like, that's a really good way to handle things. <laughs> I was like, that's... And it was fun because I was geeking out like, yeah, I'm facing Swarm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was the first one we did together. And from there, we'd done Weezer Pass. We've done... Endgame part one, uh, not Endgame part two, but we have a lot of upcoming stuff coming out now, don't yes. we? Yes. Which we can talk about a bit now. Obviously, not much spoilers, of course, but uh, I've discussed uh, stories of Jed, but if you want to give some input, of Yeah, no, I'll, I'll talk a lot. So we... Uh... So obviously, uh, going by something you've mentioned at the start of this, how, you know, what's the future for the Blonde Doctor? We know there's, I've basically said, I'm going to make more stuff. If he doesn't have the home on the channel he started on, I'm going to make sure he has a home to some capacity. And there has been discussion of doing that. But obviously, I wanted to continue having the Blonde Doctor in in Dark Days, because as much Mm -hmm. as it was fun to have, uh, like, Waste Co. and the Wife Doctor stuff in it, and... Another doctor that Jed's bringing in that I played that I'll talk about in a second. Uh, that, uh, but to me, Blonde was the one when you brought him in. It felt very special to me because I was like, because again, it was one of the things that made me enjoy playing Blonde again. Because uh, Jed, Jed can tell you, Jed, Jed can tell you, because we talk a lot that I, I genuinely like. To me, Blonde was just a doctor that was there for a while because of stuff that was happening. And then this came along and it was nice because I think what I liked working with you is how. You know, you clearly knew what you wanted to do. You had a vision and, you know, but you were very willing to listen to people and discuss ideas. Like you knew your end goal, but you were okay to talk about other ways to get there if it would help, you know. And I think that's that's what I 
buying, you know, like with a lot of people I'm working with recently, uh, and especially like you and Jed, uh, and you know, it just, I, I like that. And it made me excited to play the character because I felt like I could add stuff I wanted to. And obviously I changed up the voice and stuff like that. And he started to feel like a different doctor to me. He didn't just feel like a doctor I played. He felt like he actually started to feel like the blonde doctor. And so me and Jed said we want to explore the character arc a bit because naturally if I if I ever say to him, oh yeah, I'm my right, blonde doctor being Jed's like, hello, can I get involved? <laughs> <laughs> God bless him. And so we have some cool stories planned. Uh, one in which he brings back. So to anyone who, one of my OGs, you know, who was there from the start, the first fan film I ever did was a fan film called The Hunt, which was made while I was in secondary school, and I actively admit I ripped off a lot of ideas from Jed's fan films at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and Jed has wrote the Doctor I played in that to make a cameo, and I looked him dead in the eye and said, how am I supposed to voice him? And we came up with the joke, he hasn't gone through puberty yet. So I go into a higher pitched voice and talk like this a little bit more because I was just like, you know what? Okay, fine. Uh, but no, it feels like, because I've always said in the grand scheme of the Blonde Doctor, I, I view the Dark Day stuff as canon. I don't just view this as, oh yeah, I'm just doing a thing for you. It doesn't matter. No, to me, these events matter. And it's why I, when, you know, you've approached me and said to me hey do you actually want to like write some stuff for it uh and be involved I, it's i've seen this a chance to i can tell character stuff i can make character stories and i have i might rip some people's hearts out what i got planned <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I, I got some good character stuff coming for him which would be really interesting and if jed has if you've seen the multiverse of madness and you know a particular scene in a particular room with a particular load of chairs mm. yeah jed jed pitched an idea to us yeah so just it's gonna be just, very interesting few months ahead of us it mm. really is but it, it's nice it, it feels great getting to to work with you on this and like i think big thing I quite enjoy about uh, what you've done with the whole Endgame saga and the whole Dark Day stuff is you can have these side stories going around mm. and you know that can blossom into these things that don't that's what I'm you could still what if you just watched Endgame part one and like all the way through and didn't catch like the extra branches you still got a great story because I know you're still working on it but I have every faith in you that it's going to be fantastic uh, but you know oh, no it's pressure also- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. is that a thing so because uh, I, I, that's what I do want to ask you because, because I don't know if you have this but naturally because of all the people you've worked with now and all the content you've been getting now you've started to get you know at least from what I've seen a, a lot more recognition which you rightfully deserve do you feel that adds any pressure to you or not really <laughs> I mean I'm just doing what I'm doing and I love doing it I mean you know uh, if anything um it really hasn't changed from because my output was probably faster last year than it is this year. I mean, uh, with the new talk with stuff, it, it's been you know, it's it's given me some consistency. But um, with the audios, I'm just putting my time into it, having fun doing it, having fun working with all these people, new people that want to be involved. Um, I just enjoy doing it. 
and I, I don't think the views or anything like that really matter in the grand scheme of things to what I do. I know a lot of people say that, and of course, they do to an extent. I think everybody. I, I think it's hard not to get slightly bothered mm. by by views. I think it's it's hard not to. I remember getting a slight bit disheartened that the Christmas audio I did on my channel with Abby as Charlie Pollard and me as mm. the Doctor uh, didn't perform as good as Standby. I'm mm. I'm I'm so happy Standby performed well, but I wanted the audio to perform just as well. But at the end of the day, I looked at them and went. I'm happy with that. I really like the story. I'm glad we got the product out. You know, so well, uh, I get... you can find both of those in the description on Instagram. If you're joking, you know, oh, I like the plug. I like the plug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you, you're right. It is a thing that it is an element that has a part of it. But in terms of, you know, recognition as a whole, it hasn't really influenced any changes. It's, it's, it's led to bigger projects to an extent i mean with the doctor in distress cover the uh <laughs> fan film wasn't really influenced by that they, they, the fan film was mainly let all, all the shit that's happened this year all the things i've seen been through heard how can i you know I, I want something to distract myself but also something in which i can express everything i've been through in a way creatively it, to an extent it, it's going to be very this doctor that i'm creating is very me it's me as the doctor it's not you know it, it's going to be it's very much inspired by like how your doctor covers mental health but in related to the issues that i've been through this year and all all years but mainly this year that was mainly the inspiration behind techno so that wasn't really recognition either more and more series, more and more projects that are mainly just yeah, I suppose recognition does have a part to play in that. But um I, I like the fact that you you don't make it the main thing you focus on and I I respect that a lot. I, I said the weirdest thing I found when the blonde doctor became popular, because again I never thought he would. I, I genuinely thought it'd be a case where people might go, Oh, that was cool, good for you. And I thought that was that. I have people trying to make a religion out of me, Rory, and I'm scared. <laughs> People want to make a religion out of me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know how to react. Yeah. God, that server is something else. <laughs> that server is a fever dream. Mm. But it's a brilliant one of that. I recently That's started brilliant. joining their Zoom calls and it's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, so I suppose... Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. It'll get back to me eventually. But um, I think... Uh, one cheeky thing that I did with uh, Visiting Hours was I referenced a few VNA novels, referenced a few niche, big finish stuff as well. I did yeah. notice that, and I was like, yeah. my boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think, uh, oh, yes, going forward, I do want to make a techno slash blonde doctor something in future, perhaps. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> yes. I've had a few ideas for that. Uh, and I definitely want to link like how both doctors cover mental health and that would be the main focus and drive of that story um, and yeah so hopefully that will be in future um, are there any other projects or future things you've got lined up that you want to talk about or? Uh, yeah so uh, a couple of things so obviously I've got the instability Doctor Who stuff which is going to be big uh, like like the things, I'm not going to sit here and say I can match the scale of, say, you know, like DDK or, you know, do 2012, stuff like that. You know, 
you know, but at the end of the day, it's something like Jed said, I don't think budget dictates what makes a good fan film. It's nice to have pretty visuals, but you know, in terms of the story and the scope of the stories we are about to tell with not just my doctor, we have basically got a whole timeline. Uh, we have uh, Casey Haynes has joined in as one of my predecessors. We have Aidan O'Connor as one of the doctors, my friend Michael Seeger and Jed as his doctor from a parallel world coming in and the waistcoat doctor that I play. And it's going to be, it's going to be big. It's going to be big. And, there, there, there is a certain villain. There's a certain overarching villain that a lot of big Finnish fans are going to be very happy about. Mm-hmm. I look forward yeah. to it. Uh, once again, you can find that channel in the description. And uh, slightly off Doctor Who, uh, the, in very, very early talks right now, but a Power Rangers fan film has been developed. <laughs> like full on, just got message saying. We should do a Power Rangers fan film. And I went, I said, let me get slim again. I can fit in the spandex. But I was like, we're doing it. We are doing this. So mm. that's being discussed. That's that's probably a long way away, but it's <laughs> being discussed. And I'm sure you can keep an eye out for some, for some Blonde Doctor stuff coming soon because he's, he's always going to be the Doctor. So you can't keep him down. Oh, yeah. So uh, I think that's uh, a great way to... You know, reach the end of this video. I mean, uh, I do want to uh, award you one more thing, and if you've you've oh. seen uh, Jed's uh, one, but for context for the viewers at home, this is a award that um, there was this uh, college awards thing that I had in the last day, which was a few days ago now, and uh, people were given these star awards, but um, I stole this, which. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and what I've been doing for these uh, talk whiffs is I've been giving my guests uh, solo and college theater award of approval. And uh, <laughs> hey, mom, I finally made it. This is your time. You'll finally know if you were right, which is a joke I will say every time. Oh, every look, single time. Patrick. <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh, mainly what. Uh, yeah, that's if you have anything to add, of course. Uh, uh, well, thank you to everyone who supports me. And Rory, generally, thank you for being an amazing friend. And thanks for having me on. This has been a lot yeah, of fun. It's been wonderful having you on. And uh, make sure to subscribe to George and subscribe to my channel as well. And uh, leave a like, comment. And uh, yeah, I will see you guys in the next one. And see you around, George. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs>